and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's Scott McDermott and Record Sport Online's Mark McDougall to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discuss Jake Hastie's imminent arrival and the sort and is this the start of the summer signing spree for Stephen Gerrard? We also look at Gerrard's newfound winning formula and whether it's just come that bit too late for Rangers this season. That takes us on to Jermaine Mann. Is Defoe really now the number one striker at Ibrox? And what does this mean for Alfredo Morelos? And of course, we look ahead to this weekend's seventh instalment of the epic encounter with Aberdeen this season. Guys, before we get started, I think it's only correct that um, we acknowledge the sad breaking news this morning that uh, the giant of Scottish football, that was um, former Celtic in Scotland, Captain Billy McNeil, and his sad passing um, last night. Um, a, a very sad moment for Scottish football and I, I suppose his close friend and of course rival back in the day, John Gregg the Rangers captain for back in the day it, it put it so well this morning and in his statement and his tribute he said um, when you think of Billy McNeil you think of that towering six foot plus figure who captained Celtic to their greatest ever triumph I've been friends with Billy for a long long time as old firm captains we've done a lot together in the west of Scotland my heart goes out to Liz and Billy's family. It's a very, very sad day. Scott, absolutely. Sad day indeed. Um, I mean, Fraser, I don't think football and society now don't really make players and men like Billy McNeil anymore. Um, I wasn't lucky enough uh, to have met him or interviewed him, but you still know the guy was, a, in Scottish football terms, an absolute... Colossus, um, no, for Celtic in particular and for Scotland, uh, no, I know people who are, are close to him and who know him well, great ambassador for his club and his country, um, no, a great captain, great leader, um, no, listening to John Gregg's words there, clearly a guy no, who bridged that that divide between no, Rangers and Celtic, no, we all have a bit of rivalry, we all get caught up in the old firm madness at times but so much respect there um no for both sides for for Billy McNeil so a real uh, a real sad loss for for Scottish football yeah no, it certainly was yeah, yeah like like as we said it's obviously a sad loss you just need to look at how people have reacted on social media and everything all the rest of it just to see what he was like as a man uh, I, I don't know an awful lot about him as a person and all the rest of it but it's it's obvious how how well respected and how great a man he was yeah absolutely well the tributes have only really started pouring in from right across the world football uh, today so you can keep up with all the latest on that at dailyrecord.co.uk but uh, moving on to today's podcast and uh, let's start with some right positive news for the Rangers support then and it looks like Jake Hasty is Ibrox bound after all then um, a, th- a three year deal with a, an option of a fourth year appears to be agreed. Uh, a compensation fee will be heading to Fort Park, of course. That's been mooted at around £350,000 potentially. Is this a good move, Scott? I think for that kind of money, it has to be, Fraser. Um, he's hasty shown since he broke into the Motherwell team uh, what a talent he is. I think he's. Um, no, you get a lot of young players breaking through and they get into a first team initially and 
know, maybe they don't look quite ready, or maybe not get the not get the physique, not get the kind of attributes to be able to, you know, deal with Premiership football. But Hasty, since he's gone into that Motherwell team, has looked well equipped. You've seen that with the goals and performances. A lot of that has been down to uh, a couple of really beneficial loan moves that he's had um, in the lower leagues. I think that's helped him. But he's a no, he's a real talent. Um, you can see that in the games he's played so far. Him and uh, him and David Turnbull have transformed for two kids. You no, know, have transformed that Mullerwell team pretty much since since January. Um, so for that kind of money for Rangers to be able to get and get a boy of that age with that potential uh, in an area where I think Rangers need to strengthen. Uh, out wide, particularly on the, the right hand side, it ticks a lot of a lot of boxes for Rangers. It looks like a good investment for the future. As I say, I think Hasty has shown that he would be more than capable of going straight into the first team if required. But there's obviously still development to be done there. There's there's, there's still areas of his game that he can improve on. Steven Gerrard clearly feels that he can do that and Rangers will be the best place best place for him. So um no, I think for the for the kinda no figures that you're talking about there to get a boy on that length of contract looks like looks like sound business. Yeah. Mark, I think we were talking yesterday just about that transformation at Motherwell. It's astonishing now Stephen Robinson's turned this team that were with all respect, a big workman like physical outfit into this new free flowing, youthful, exuberant good to watch side and it's those two players isn't it David Turnbull who swept up at Motherwell's awards ceremony at the weekend and obviously Hasty who's, uh, who are making all the headlines is Hasty the kind of player you think Rangers need and um, do you see him going straight into the side next season do you see, see him forcing himself in there I, I think he might he might need to wait a wee while at first I mean you've also got Daniel Candace there who's clearly a favourite of Stephen Gerrard I'm not sure if he was at the start but he's forced himself into being one of them he's always in the team he's always playing in that wing and I think Hasty might need to wait a wee bit to come in, but he's a different kind of player to Candace as well and any other other Rangers wingers. I think he's got more goals than any Rangers winger this season as well and a lot less games. So, uh, yeah, he offers something different. I think you might see that. I think he would also suit this, the current formation that Gerrard's playing and uh, on that sort of inside right sort of position and linking up with the front man. Uh, but, yeah, he offers so much more than than, than just goals as well. He's quite hard working and he, he links up well. He does all the rest of it. People talk about his, I think it's seven goals in 14 games or something since he broke into the team. But um, no, I, I think he, he might struggle to start at first, but I think he will force his way into the team fairly quickly. Yeah, I'm right in saying he's left footed to Jake Casey, yeah? yeah? He likes yeah. to cut in. Yep. And which is all, always a dangerous thing when somebody's so left footed coming in off the right, obviously. And that, I suppose that is his added dimension to what Candace can offer. Don't expect to see him playing on the left for Rangers. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, he's played, I'm not sure exactly what position he played when he was out on loan at places like Alloa, but uh, certainly the best games I've seen him playing for Motherwell this year has been on the right playing as that kind of uh, inverted winger, if you like, that constantly want to come inside and, and get shots off or crosses on his, on his left foot. Uh, lots of managers like that. Uh, I watched the Celtic game on... I watched the Celtic Hubs game on Sunday and you know, it was noticeable. Neil Lennon likes you no know, Forrest on the left, Johnny Hayes on the right, both cutting in. I know Gordon Strachan liked it when he was at Celtic with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura 
is one that sticks in my head with Aidan McGeady on the other side. So you get certain managers who who like wingers to play that way now. Um, whether Steven Gerrard is that type of manager, I'm not 100% sure, but what he'll want is options at wide. And as Mark says, Candias has pretty much been a regular fixture on that right flank. There's no been that much competition. Um you know my thoughts on Candias. I'm not a huge fan, and I think that's part of the problem that he's not had, no somebody breathing down his neck in, in real competition. If you no, know, he's played most of the games, played in all the all the big games, and I think he's been disappointing at times. So Gerard wants competition, um, and Hasty will certainly provide that. You no, know, he's got that kind of youthful enthusiasm. It looks like he's got a bit of swagger about him that he's. He's not going to be put off by going to Rangers and <clears throat> challenging for a, a first team place. So, no, I agree with Matt. I don't think he would go in, go straight into the team right away. He's going to need to, going to, need to work at his game. Uh, I mean, he was on the bench for Motherwell uh, at the weekend in the, the derby against Hamilton. So, there's plenty of improvement there. But Rangers are signing a boy with, with massive potential. Um, and that's the kind of signings Rangers should be looking at, at making for that kind of money. Yeah, one thing for absolute given with Hastie is his blistering pace, isn't yep. it? What a thought with him coming in and Tavernier overlapping. I think there's going to be grounds when up and down Scotland fearing for their grass or their well, rubber pe- pellets or whatever pe- it is. Pe- pe- people have spoken about him, no, and I know pe- people will laugh at, but when they talk about no, I think Gareth, I think the boy himself has said that Gareth Bale's one of the guys he looks at and one of his kind of heroes and of course... He's nowhere near the level of a Gareth Bale, but he does have that kind of physique that I'm talking about. That that is different to a lot of a lot of young players. It's different to a lot of wingers. You don't get many wingers now that are. I don't, you didn't used to get wingers that were built the way Hasty is. I, I think you're actually seeing more of them now in the the modern game because it's what's it's it's what's required the yeah. way football is going. But he's definitely got that. He looks older than, than what he is. And despite having that build, he's got you no know, searing pace, which as we know is everything in, in football now. So you no, know, those those raw attributes um point to being you no know, a good a good signing for Rangers. The other thing as well is with with him cutting inside it leaves so much space for Tavernier then yeah. to overlap on and that's that's so dangerous for Rangers just see it every week Tavernier's down that right wing putting balls in and it's vital to how Rangers have played over the last couple of seasons and with Hasty it just gives them more space because Candace would always try to go down the right as well and it's sort of blocked up Tavernier at times but now if Hasty's there cutting inside and Tavernier's got the whole right wing to himself It's a frightening prospect for opposition defences I'd agree with that Speaking of which, uh, I think Hearts got a big fright on Saturday um, never at the races another comfortable victory for Rangers uh, that's three games, three wins, three goals in each of them now. Um, obviously, Jermaine Defoe's making a lot of the headlines coming in for the suspended Morelos. But um, it's almost like Steven Gerrard's kind of stumbled upon this winning formula now. Is that is that fair to say, Scott? don't know if he stumbled upon it. I mean, I think he'll probably be sitting um, slightly regretful that he didn't try something similar a wee bit earlier in the, the season. Um I said for a while that, that as much as Scott Arfield was playing well centrally, um, there were games where 
you could utilise him in a wide position by you know, by dropping one of the more natural wingers like Akindias and playing Arfield out there because he's clever. He's played wide in the Premier League for a, a team like Burnley. He knows the position so well in terms of where he has to be at certain times, in terms of when to cover, when to come in field, when to drop back. Very intelligent footballer. And I think for certain away games in particular, Rangers could have used him better in that area. Um, because the injuries and suspensions, um, Gerard has put him out there, obviously, these last, last three or four games. And he's been a revelation just in terms of... You know, finding pockets of space off the, the striker, getting close to the four, making really intelligent runs and proving that he can actually finish when he gets into when he gets into good positions. Um he's he's come up with goals and assists obviously for for that position. And it always and it also, sorry, actually gives Rangers more strength in, in the middle of the park because it allows them it's allowed them to get you no know, as well as our field get three central midfielders in there who are all very comfortable in the ball and Jack, Kamara and, and Davis. Um and in terms of you no know, talking about stumbling across the system, Jermaine Defoe's been a, a huge part of it obviously, but I think the bigger part of it has been this role for Arfield that, that he's now in and also um Stephen Davis as the that pivot in, in midfield sitting in front of the, the back four. We spoke about it before they signed Davis. He was never going to be the attacking box-to-box number 10 that a lot of fans were looking for or kind of reminiscent of the Stephen Davis that was that was Ibrooks a decade ago. He's changed his game. If you watched him for Southampton the last few years, he's become more of that anchor man, that playmaker sitting in front of the defence. It's taken him a few games to get up to fitness and sharpness, but in these last three games, for club and country, he's he's proved that he's still a very good player. And that is now, if you're going to play Stephen Davis, that is now the position you have to play him in. Yeah, it's something to go along with, Mark. Yeah. I know that, that you're wanting to also comment on what this means for Ryan Kent now, with, with um, Scott Arfield finding his top form out in the, in the wide left area. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the whole Davis situation as well comes into that, because... With Arfield playing up there, you've got Davis, Kamara and Jack all in really good form in, mid, in the three-set midfielders. So to bring Kent back in, you'd either have to drop Scott Arfield or Candias, who, as much as Scott isn't a big fan, he did set up two goals at the weekend. He did. Uh, so it would be really hard to drop him for Sunday's game. At the same time, you wouldn't drop Scott Arfield because of the good form he's in. So where does Kent come back in? You're not going to drop either of those three-set midfielders either because they've all been in really good form. I thought Glenn Kamara was the best player on the pitch. On Sunday, I thought he was excellent, and for fifty thousand, just it's an unbelievable bargain that Rangers have got. Uh, so I, you do wonder where Ryan Kent comes back into it because he's quite clearly one of the most talented players in the squad. But if you bring him back in, you've then got to drop a player who's in fine form. So it's going to be hard for him to get back in, especially when if you're looking ahead to next season and all the rest of it. If Ryan Kent's not going to be there, do you want to risk upsetting one of the players that you are going to have there next season just to bring him back in for the last four? Games, it's a, it's a difficult situation. It's a Joe Warrell Katic situation. Uh, Katic is back now. I mean, as Rangers player is their player. Why, why do you waste the last four games on a low knee? Somebody else's player. He is, but that tells me that 
the chances of Rangers getting Joe Worrell back next year are, are next to zero. We are slightly different. I know people are writing off Rangers' chances of getting Kent back, but if you speak to Stephen Gerrard, no, he's still very optimistic that they can get they can get another loan move for Kent. No, they might need to speak nicely to Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp. There might be a bit of negotiating to be done, but Gerrard no, is desperate to get him back next year and thinks he's got a real chance. And that's why I expect Kent to play every game now between between now and the end of the season. Um I think he'll drop Candias at the weekend to bring Kent back in. I know what Mark's saying. Um two good assists for Candias uh, on Saturday. Thought the first one in particular was an example of um or it was quite rare with Candias for me normally I think when he's in that position and he's got two or three options at either side in the final third, he invariably picks the wrong one. But on Saturday he picked out a brilliant pass, chose the perfect option for Ryan Jack and, and executed it to uh, so Jack could score the second goal. So he played he played well on Saturday. However, I think that midfield three is playing so well at the minute that Gerard won't touch them. Arfield is undroppable the way he's playing just now. So if you're going to bring Ryan Kent back in, which I expect him to do, Candias would be the, the fall guy and I think he might find himself on the on the bench come Saturday. Okay, so you expect to see Ryan Kent up and down the right then? Um, I th- no, I think Arfield might go right. Okay, Arfield right. can go right, Kent on the left. Uh, I mean, there was real fluidity about Rangers kind of front three uh, on Saturday and that you would see Candias popping up on the left, Arfield would go right, no... No, really good interchanging uh, between them, no, along with the four, obviously. Um, so I think initially Rangers will start Kent on the left, Arfield on the right, but both of them will be given licence to go and, go and roam, get close to the four, um, make things happen, where you, the, the three in midfield will just, will just sit and do what they've been doing, and that's been controlling games in there uh, with Rangers in possession. Uh, and it's just a different... I think Rangers have, I don't know if it's been deliberate, I just think when Morelos is out of the team, you need to change your, change your style a bit, I don't know yeah. what you think, I mean, to me, in, in Saturday, watching them, Morelos has been unbelievable this season, no, no taking anything away from him, his goals have been vital to Rangers, he's clearly a key player that, that they want to keep, quite rightly, but I just felt, or it just feels when he's out of the team that, Rangers don't have that no big focal point. Everything no everything's about him and everything's about that centre forward position, whether it's getting into tangles with centre halves, whether it's getting involved with referees, whether it's Rangers want to play more direct because they see Morelos up there, such a physical player that they just want to get the ball up to him quicker. With the phone in the team it just seems a lot calmer mm-hmm. all round. No, there's real control. That those three in midfield are just are so comfortable uh, with the ball at their feet, either feet. No, with Davis dictating things with his experience, the whole thing just seems a bit more calm, uh, a bit more kind of calculated, and actually a bit more ruthless when they get into uh, when they get into scoring positions, uh, as we've seen with the goals they've scored in the last three games, and that will have given you no know, Gerard real encouragement, not just for the, the the final few games, but. 
looking ahead to next season when he when he'll hope that that Morelos and Defoe are, are still there vying for that that position. I I do think Morelos can play that role though as well. I think Rangers players maybe relied on him getting them out of a hole far too often this season. Yeah, uh, I think since he's went out, Arfield stepped up his game obviously with a new position and all the rest of it. Jack has upped his game. He's getting forward a lot more. Whereas maybe before his red card and the four game suspension, they were just hitting it into Morelos and hoping that he can roll a defender and put it in the net. Uh, but now they're having to change the way they're playing. They're having to step up themselves. And it must be actually quite frustration, frustrating for Stephen Gerrard to watch as well, knowing that the players can do this. He's known they can do it all season, but they didn't do it enough. And yeah. I think fans are maybe being a bit harsh on Morelos saying uh, Rangers are a better team with him out of the squad and all the rest of it. He's quite clearly the best player at the club by a good distance. And he can play that sort of role as well. He can play the role where he has to batter with defenders, fight with them all the time. But he is good at linking up as well. You see it with Arfield in particular most of the season. There was nice wee two-touch passes, one-touch passing in and around the box. Uh, it's something that Rangers need to do more with Morelos and the team as well as Defoe. But it's good to have options now compared to needing to rely on the likes of Lasana Koulibaly and that coming off the bench, who were never really good enough yeah. for most of the season. I think that the thing with Morelos is that he's he's so he's so strong and he's so physical that he can occupy two, sometimes even three centre backs. So when Rangers played with two wide, you almost they, they must almost feel as if he's so strong in there, we just need to let him go on with it. We don't really need to get that close to him, we just need to stay wide you know, get the ball wide and get balls into the box difference with Defoe is he he can't occupy centre backs the way Morelos does I know Stephen, Stephen Gerrard was right at the weekend saying Defoe he, he frightens defenders in terms of going in behind and playing on the shoulder which is different to, to Morelos but the key thing has been no isolating Defoe a couple of games when Defoe came in previously for Morelos they played the same way with the two guys out wide, but he was left up there on his own, and it just wasn't wasn't working. He wasn't getting involved, and in, wasn't he just wasn't getting involved in games. Defoe, uh, there was no link up play, no no guys getting close to him to play like one two is on the edge of the box or whatever. The key thing has been getting Arfield in close to him, uh, and on the other side, whether it be Kent or Candias, also getting close. Um, obviously with the three with the three in behind. Um that's made a huge difference. It's it's really brought the forty life. No, I agree with Mark, there's no reason why no you can't or Morelos can't play like that or Rangers shouldn't be able to play like that with Morelos in the team. But but there has been a there, there has been a change there. There has been a change in a change in style, slight change in shape that has suited the and Arfield's game and they've they've reaped the rewards in it. Yeah, I think the one time it did work against Aberdeen was possibly not ironically the time the four-two victory at Pitodri, in the first half of that game before Morelos was sent off. The second half, you had the, the three, the two wingers, Morelos interchanging. I think Candace was coming in off the right, playing the central role. Morelos was then cutting in, and he yep. had scored an absolute belter. Was it, it the second goal that yeah. day? That was, that was the one time they did click right. against I think, Aberdeen. I think that game, Kent was the one that was coming in for the left and linking up. But but I think even in that game, Morelos, no, for that hour before he gets sent off, that was probably Morelos' best game best he's game played I, this season. So he was, like, he was unplayable that night. You just had to go and let him know let him do his, do his thing and that the, the second goal that he scored was probably the best goal he scored this season as well so 
again, it was more about him individually, you know, being the focal point, being the centre forward, being the guy that everything revolved around. I don't think it's like that with, with the four in the team. They're playing, seem to be playing more as a team. There's a bit more fluidity, a bit more football in the final third. Um, and that's nothing against Morelos. It's just the way that it's worked out. It's the way Rangers are playing. They've, you know, as Mark says, certain guys have upped, their, have upped their game. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that when, when Morelos is in the team. But certainly this wee period that he's been out, guys have stepped up. It suited the four, it suited Arfield, and as I say, Gerard's Gerard's reaping the rewards for it just now. That said, then that said, if this continues for the last four games, am I right in saying four? Yeah, four. Yep. <laughs> Mass was never my strong point. Sorry. Um, for the la- if this continues for the last four games, let's say Rangers go and win them all, and this new look forward line just smashes it as it has been doing, and then an offer comes in in the summer for Alfredo Morelos. Surely then the club have, have got to think, knowing they've got Defoe for another 12 months. That nah, depends how big it is, how big the... Uh, uh, no, the Don't the think goal, it changes anything? No, nah, the goalposts have nearly moved on Morelos in terms of trying to sell him. Rangers will only sell him if a huge, huge bid comes in. In a perfect world, Steven Gerrard wants Morelos and Defoe there next season, and probably another, if we're being honest, if they're going to go and challenge for a title. I mean, Kyle Lafferty is that kind of third man at the moment. Whether he'll still be there next year, I'm not too sure about. I mean, he's, he's, he's barely kicked a ball since he, since he signed uh, for Hearts. So Gerard might look to make changes there, but certainly Morelos and Defoe, he'll want there next year vying for that position, as we've spoke about. Two different characters, different styles. Um, you know what Morelos might give you in certain areas. I think you know Defoe gives you something different in other areas. I've said before. I think Defoe is a better finisher than Morelos. I don't think anybody would really dispute that, given you know what Defoe has done in the the game. Uh, even Saturday's finish at Tynecastle. I'm not hundred percent sure Morelos. <clears throat> would have finished it that way. I think Defoe, so cool, clever, you know, gives the goalkeeper the eyes looking to shape it in the, the far corner and just flicks it flicks it into the near post. Um so he'll want both of them there next year. I don't think I don't think anything will change in, in that regard. Another thing is that sorry, another thing is that Defoe won't be able to play fifty, sixty games a season. Yeah, exactly. Whereas so you're gonna need the two strikers and you won't get another striker as good as Morelos coming to Scotland for the money that Rangers paid for him yeah. right now. Oh, the, other th- the other thing I would say is just in terms of the last four games, you know, Defoe has got the jersey at the moment, obviously, and of course it's going to be a big decision. Uh, I think it'll be the Hibs game. Morelos comes back, you know, game before before Celtic come to Ibrox. And Gerald will need to decide what he goes with. Personally, I'd be tempted, if I was Gerard to stick with Defoe. If for nothing else, I think Morelos, in terms of his discipline, has to be. I don't know if taught a lesson is the right, the right words, no, but, I would say it but exactly it, he has to. Too often, and we spoke to Stephen Gerrard about this after the game on Saturday. Whenever Morelos has been out up until this point, he's walked straight back into the side. Mm. Some would say justifiably because of his own forum and. Lack of competition. I think this is a chance for Gerard to say to Morelos, even if it is the Celtic game, you know what? 
no, you're my you're my top striker. No, we value you so highly. That's why you've got you no know, yet another improved contract. We want you here for next season. I want you to be the main man. But I'm not putting up with the red cards again. I'm not putting up with the same suspensions. How many times does he need to exactly. tell that? I mean, I've, I've been a record now in this show saying, if I was Gerard, I'd be finished with Morelos. Yeah. He's had far too many chances. And like you say, he walks back into the team every yeah. time. So he's not learning anything. Should a reasonable offer come in in the summer and it can be reinvested wisely, because Morelos, for the great player he is, only cost a million pounds, there must be more out there. Wouldn't that be a wise piece of business? It might be, but I, I, like I said, I don't think you get another player like Morelos for that sort of money with coming to Scotland and playing for Rangers right now. Um, I think Morelos was just a steal. We got really lucky to find him that Jonathan Johansson had saw him play in yeah. Finland and got lucky to know that he was there and available. Um, I'm not sure that you'll find that same sort of player anywhere, really. He's a, like, he's a really unique kind of player, I think, uh, I'm not yeah, saying I've said Mark Allen's well ahead with and, and his team are well yeah, ahead but with us. Just but Mark Allen was also well ahead with the likes of Eros Gresda. Yeah. Great player. All the rest it, of it. They've not really shown it yet. It has so. to be a massive bid. I think it's fairly simple. I think anything up to ten million pound Rangers don't entertain. Yeah. I think you go above ten million Rangers then start to look at it and decide, right, is it worth it for us, as you say, a guy that was signed for a million quid who clearly has some issues with, with discipline uh, and despite his 29 goals or whatever it is has cost him at times this season uh, not being able to play in, in big games or getting sent off in big games anything above 10 million Rangers have to seriously look at as would any club any business no, in this environment you get you get an offer for a guy 10 times what you paid for him you'd be daft no to not to consider it. I'm not saying you, you, you accept it, but you have to go and consider it. You have to weigh up the options. Who can they bring in to replace them? What have they got in reserve? Etc. Etc. So, until a bid of that amount comes in, then he'll, he'll not be going anywhere. I just think between now and the end of the season, it's almost like a it's almost like a kind of free hit for Gerard in terms of he, he can because they're playing so well, because the foes playing so well. Because it's getting to the end of the season, no, there's not a great deal to play for other than obviously what he finish, uh, finishing clear second. This is a big, this is a chance now for Gerard to say to Morelos, "You're not going to walk straight into this team. This guy's, this guy's got your jersey now, and he's going to be here next season." So I'm no, I'm not putting up with it. I think it's an ideal chance. Whether that will happen, I don't know. That's just a personal thing. I think it's an opportunity for Gerard to kind of. Lay down the law, if you he like. used those words uh, on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah. Or Sunday? Well, he, he said, well, certainly on Friday, when we spoke to Stephen Gerrard on Friday, what was interesting was that he admitted, I think, for the first time, that I think his words were, I think he was asked, no, did you basically give Morelos too many chances? Were you too lenient on him for too long? And I think his words were, no, it's debatable, but if I was accused of that, I would probably need to accept it. Now, that was him basically saying Aye. he gave him too many chances. He should have come down harder on him earlier, but he was a star man. No, they were relying on him so much, as we spoke about. He was a focal point of the, of the team. So he didn't want to 
know, upset the, the apple cart um, until that sending off in the old firm game. That was obviously the straw that broke the, the camel's back, and quite rightly so. And that's why I think now, given Defoe's forum, it's a chance for, for Gerard to, to keep him in, put Morelos on the bench, bring him on a couple of times, make him realise that you know, he's not going to get it all his own way, you know, make him appreciate what he's got at Rangers, you know, that being the number one striker, starting every week. Uh, you know, can I make him realise what he's, what he's going to miss if he's out of the team for any longer? Yeah. I think as well, with when he was suspended earlier this season, you look at who he had in reserve, he'd kill after he'd over Sadiq. When Morels was coming back, you were as well putting Morels in, because even if you get sent off, at least you were getting 45, 50 minutes out of him. Whereas with Lafty and Sadiq, you were getting absolutely nothing. I think the game that highlighted it most was Rangers played Hamilton just before Christmas, the first 1-0, and I think Lafty had about 25 chances that day yeah. and couldn't put any of them in the net. He was, It wasn't that he played badly, he just wasn't anywhere near the level that yeah. Alfredo Morelos was. Whereas Defoe now is scoring the goals and is at that level. So now there's a chance for him to say, look, Defoe is good enough to take your spot. Maybe we didn't have that before, we do now, so he's keeping it. Right, we need to move this one on. And uh, as we touched upon, uh, uh, two, t- two massive results for Rangers. Two real statements winning at Fur Park in Tynecastle in this little run that we're on. That, and I, I must remark, Mark, not for the first time this week, you <laughs> appear to be wearing Jambo's <laughs> colours, something you're not telling us. Just noticed that. It's just the colour that suits me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that next time. Um, right, so had these results been at the start of the season, then I, you'd be thinking... Real statements there, but I'm always a wee bit suspicious of teams, players that come up with these results when the pressure's off. Do you think there's going to be, perhaps, Celtic struggles to get over the line in this run to eight in a row? Do you think there's going to be a bit of regret at Rangers now that they've not taken this opportunity to stop that run? Yeah, there, there will be regret, but it's no, uh, it's no just over the last two or three weeks getting results or Celtic stumbling, I think. In general... No, Celtic haven't performed at the level this season that they'd shown in the previous two under Brendan Rodgers. I think this Celtic team can be got at more than the, the previous two seasons. They've clearly dropped more points. I don't think performances have been as good. Rangers have obviously beaten them at Ibrox, uh, convincingly so, something that you, know, you wouldn't have imagined uh, in Rodgers' first two seasons. So there was a shift. This season, there was a big opportunity for Rangers or others to go and put a genuine challenge in. That's where the regret will be, because I think Stephen Gerrard uh, and going even higher, Dave King, will probably know that this was a, a big opportunity for Rangers. And you no know, drop points themselves, you no know, silly drop points at home, no being, no being able to beat. Nobody able to beat Aberdeen and Hibs basically in the league has been a big uh, has been a big problem. Um, it was also an opportunity in cup competitions to go and to go and challenge Celtic. That's where Rangers, we have to say, failed miserably in terms of the two cup exits. Oh, that that's I said I think last week that's the two the two big black marks on on Gerard's copybook this year. There's, no cup finals. There's been loads of positives for him. Uh, I think they'll reduce the points gap uh, at the top of the league. It could end up finishing at less than ten points, which is a which is progress. 
I think there will be 8 or 10 points daylight between Rangers and the rest, which is progress compared to the last couple of years. They've won an old Firm game, might even win two old Firm games, which would be real progress on a kind of head-to-head level. And obviously the European run was a major unexpected bonus. These are all the the real positives for Gerard, but the two big black marks are the, the cup competitions. And I think that's where the regret will be the the two uh, kind of exits at the hands of Aberdeen and looking at the league you're right looking at it thinking there was a real opportunity there to go and get really close to Celtic make it a real challenge getting into these last four or five games but they've they've slipped up in that score by dropping by dropping silly points I'd like it's fair to say either that the pressure was off Rangers at this stage now I think if anything Gerard was under so much pressure going into that first Hearts game, especially uh, a couple of weeks ago, the one three 0 at Ibrooks. Um, especially after losing the old Firm game, with everything that happened with Morelos, what happened at the end of the game with all the players fighting and all the rest of it, I think the pressure on Gerard and the players going into that game was massive, and arguably there was more pressure on them after that game because they needed to finish clearly in second, yeah. especially after getting put out of the cup yeah. and all the rest of it. So I don't think it's fair to say that the pressure was off them and that's why they've stepped up. I think they've just realised that they need to step up more often than they were. They need to be more consistent. They need to have players playing more for the team rather than relying on others to pull them out of the hole like we spoke about earlier. But and I think there's still pressure on them even getting into yeah. these last few games because you know, if Aberdeen go to Highbrooks on Saturday and win, it's down to five points between second and third. That's ultimately not good enough for, for Rangers. The, the clear objective was to get closer to Celtic, but almost more importantly, put real daylight between Rangers and the rest. That was arguably Gerard's remit, was to go and beat the rest, because they've not been able to do that in the last the last few seasons. So he'll want to finish... No, he want to beat Aberdeen on Saturday, beat Hibs... Um, before getting into the old firm game, really finish the season. They have to finish the season strong to, to go clear and second. Put a statement out that next season it will be Celtic Rangers vying at the top and the rest can, can fight among themselves. That's the way it was historically. That's what Rangers want to, want to get back to, challenging Celtic at the top and the rest can, can fight among the, the scraps. Um, so there's listen there's there's pressure on them these four games to go and go and finish strongly because if they don't and the season ends with Celtic clear by twelve thirteen points and Rangers and Aberdeen scrapping with a couple of points between them for for second then that's that's not what, that's not what Gerard wants it's certainly not what the the supporters expected at the start of the season that moves us on to our final point then that this weekend's big game and well. The old saying is familiarity breeds contempt. And <laughs> there's certainly no love lost between these two this season more than ever, really. This is game seven between Rangers and Aberdeen this season, which is astonishing. Uh, Rangers only won one so far. Um, but as we've touched upon already in this podcast, it's almost going to be like a new look Rangers taking on Aberdeen this weekend. Do you think they're going to make another statement at Ibrox? I think they have to. And... I certainly expect them to win. Uh, I think Aberdeen are slightly depleted in terms of missing missing some key players. Um, 
And you're right, Rangers need to put a statement out, particularly because it's Aberdeen, because their form this season against them has been has been dreadful, uh, if we're being honest. Um, Stephen Gerrard will point to mitigating factors. First game of the season, they were by far the better team for the majority of the game. Morelos sending off changes everything. The 4-2 victory that we spoke about earlier at Pataudry, Really impressive performance for Rangers, um, but the other games they've they've let themselves down. Um, obviously, the semi final as well at Hamden. Talk about mitigating circumstances. Rangers again the better team, but Gerard hindered by the fact that he had no Lafferty, no Morelos. Took a gamble by going with Sadiq, and it didn't work. Hindsight's a great thing. No, Frank Kent plays through the middle of that game. Maybe with Middleton and Candias either side, it might have been different. Um, but that was another big game against Aberdeen. They lost. Um, and the, the, actually the only game that I, I think I wasn't at or didn't see uh, was the cup replay, the quarterfinal at Ibrox. But by all accounts, from everything I've read, Rangers were awful yeah, that yeah. night. That's arguably the worst they've played. So Gerald will be looking for a huge improvement no, a bit of revenge on Aberdeen, putting a marker down to say, no, we're the better team, we're going to finish uh, no, far higher than in, in the league in terms, of, in terms of points. So, as we spoke about a minute ago, big pressure on Rangers, big expectation. Uh, they need to go and, no, they, they need to go on Saturday and win anything less than that won't be, won't be acceptable. Gerard was ridiculed, wasn't he, after that opening league game when he came out with the... The class, yeah. class above. Class comment. above, yeah. Um, should they win this weekend, though, that would put 11 points between yeah. themselves and Aberdeen. And I, do you think you would then be vindicated for that yeah. statement? Yeah, I think if you finish 11 points clear of a team, then, then you can say, look, I was right. But if it goes the other way and all of a sudden it's five points, Rangers then have to face Celtic again. I know Aberdeen have to as well, but then you've got an issue where they could be within two points getting right on top of them again. And all of a sudden, he looks like a laughing stock. But uh, so I think, yeah, it's fatal that he goes and does it and wins it this weekend. But the formation I think that he's got now will be better to play against Aberdeen with the likes of Harfield, Candace, Kent, whoever's playing there, moving about. Because yeah. Aberdeen this season have quite often went man for man. Man marked players. Graham Shinney was stuck on whoever he had to. Yep. Lewis Ferguson was stuck on whoever he had to. Whereas now. If the players are moving everywhere, then Aberdeen are going to have to move with them Aye. and leave space for others. We've or the most or, mobile defence, yeah, Aberdeen defence. Or go back to playing zona, which doesn't really suit Aberdeen's style of play. Mm. So I think that this formation, this is the test for that formation because Hearts and Motherwell, as much as it's difficult to go to Fur Park and Tyne Castle and win comfortably, they've made a lot of mistakes in both games, uh, Hearts and Motherwell, to cause goals. And this is the real test for whether that formation really works, I think. Uh, over the next few weeks so he has to go and get a good result here or it's it's not going to look well on his CV and also these games against Aberdeen one thing above all else you've got to win the fight haven't you Aberdeen will always bring that to the table yeah I think that's the way Aberdeen will try and approach it Uh, I I don't think their game plan will change much I think they'll sit in uh, defend deep hope that it becomes a physical battle um, but Mark's right, the way Rangers are playing now is different. I don't think Rangers will... No, they want to win their individual battles. Obviously, they want to be you know, first to everything, come out the traps, flying, uh, play at a high intensity. But 
they'll know when to get into a physical battle. I mean, when you as I said, when you've got Defoe up front, you've got Arfield off him, you've got no cultured footballers in the middle of the park, Davis, Kamara, Jack. No, you don't want to turn that into a scrap. You you want to try and no, you want to try and win the game by playing your your way, your style. Uh, I think that's what Rangers will try and do, and expect. No, they've had difficulties this season going up against Aberdeen, but I think at times Rangers have tried to get embroiled in that that battle, uh, and it's not quite it's not quite worked for them. No, uh, you go. I think Celtic in the semi final showed exactly how to play against Aberdeen's physicality and not get involved in that battle. Because I think yeah. when two teams are very physical and getting into that battle, refs maybe let a bit more go. Yeah. Whereas if one team sits back, doesn't get involved, because it doesn't get in the other's faces, and well, get in their faces, but not go over the top physical the way perhaps Aberdeen did, especially in that semi-final, then refs are more likely to get the cards out quicker and and deal with that and let the other team play football the way that it's supposed to be played rather than two teams just barting into each other. Yeah. And I think, so if Rangers fall Celtic's blueprint on it, I think they would come out on top yeah. in that way. If, if, Aberdeen, if Aberdeen go with Cosgrove up front, as you would expect, no, they're missing Mackay Stephen and uh, I think Niall McGinn will still be out at the weekend as well. So they're not really going to... No, they, or they shouldn't really hurt you no, on the counter with pace. And they're going to sit in, sit in, just try and defend deep, stay at nil-nil, um, and then tr- obviously try and you know, work themselves forward and try and get a goal with it for a set-piece. I know my, they've scored a couple of set-pieces against Rangers already this season. Um, so it's about whether Rangers can can break them down uh, and you know, get the first goal to give them a foothold in the, in the game. They were behind within three minutes, four minutes of both Dybrokes meetings that's right. this season. That's right, and couldn't, and couldn't get it back. Yeah. So that'll be the big test for them. But as I say, the way they're playing now, that ch- slight change in style, slight change in shape, I think will cause Aberdeen more problems um, than, than they have done uh, in the other games this season. And I think that that bodes well for for Rangers in terms of getting a result, and I expect them, yeah, I expect them to go and win by, by a couple of goals on Saturday. Just a final quick point then at the opposite end of the park to which we've been looking in this uh, this show already. Um, John Flanagan, the resurgence of John Flanagan at <laughs> left back. Expecting him to keep his place this weekend, and what does it mean for the future? I mean, he was completely out of the picture for two or three months there. He was, but <laughs> I've never really had an issue with John Flanagan, honestly, in terms of. I think he's a good squad player. Uh, he's played at a really good level in England at both right back and left back. And you get a guy you know with that calibre that can fill in in those positions. I always think it's it's handy to have a guy like that in your squad. Um, he's a better he's a better defender and a better tackler than than Andy Halliday or Borna Barisic, who will obviously offer more going forward. You no, know, being naturally left footed. Uh, in terms of their kind of creativity or their, or their crossing, but it hasn't surprised me that he's kind of slotted back in. You no, know, did a decent job. I still don't think it's ideal that he, he's cutting on his right foot Aye. all the time, um, which is always the case when you play a a, a right foot or a left back. Uh, I think he got caught slightly for the Hearts goal on Saturday. Uh, get caught sleeping a wee bit at the back post. No, he sees Katic getting drawn into the centre. Flanagan's got to cover. He's got to cover round. But if you watch it again, he's he's kind of sleeping. Doesn't he react quickly enough to 
to Mulraney's cross uh, and McLean gets a goal. So, listen, it's not been perfect, but to me, he is just a steady fullback who you can rely on pretty much as a kind of 7 out of 10 most weeks. He's never going to bomb forward like a tavernier and you know, whip balls in uh, with his left foot or, or cut in field and score goals. He's an out-and-out defender uh, who likes a tackle, likes that one-on-one engagement with, with wingers, uh, that, that kind of individual battle. So um, it's it's worked, it's worked well for them the last few weeks and I expect him to, I expect him to keep his place. I think he he deserves a lot of credit himself for how he's behaved well. He's not been in the team. He's, yep. I think he's looked a lot fitter and a lot leaner in the last few games than he did at the start of the season as well. And he's getting up and down more than he did. He's still not a rampaging fullback like Tavernier on the other side or what Barisage would be like. Yeah. But he is getting up and helping out a lot more. And that tackle, especially for the first goal yeah. at Tynecastle on Saturday, was was excellent. I mean, yep. it just showed what what he can do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he deserves credit for how his attitude well he's been out of the team because it would be quite easy for him to just sit back and be annoyed and all the rest of it. But he's yeah. came back in, he's he's looked focused, he's played well. And yeah, he I think it's his place now for the rest it, of the season unless he hasn't he drops moaned, out. hasn't moaned at all. I mean, mm-hmm. and on the contrary, I think the, the latest kind of quotes from him were no, how he was just desperate to get back into the team. No, how he was no even talking about next season. How no, how pleased he is to be at Rangers and how he wants to stay and, and play under Gerard. I think a guy like that for your squad is is crucial. Um, and no, you're building what you hope is going to be a title winning squad. You're always going to need guys like like John Flanagan in there who can fill in at different positions and, and do a job for you a hundred percent every time. You don't have to worry about putting him into you know, big games. He's played in you no know, difficult environments before, played for a big club in, in Liverpool, you no know, for a you know, a tough a tough crowd, so you no know, with big expectations. So he ticks a lot of a lot of boxes. I'm not saying he should be Rangers first choice left back next season. That remains to be remains to be seen. In terms of what happens with Barisic, who they might target in the in the summer, but in terms of your squad, I would always have him. I would always have him in there because you can you can rely on him on, on either side. He's just like a scouse Sunday holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up at that, chaps. Uh, that's all from us. Thanks very much to Scott and Mark for joining us. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available, and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks very much for listening.